Welcome to the Quintessential Podcast. I'm Quinn Kesnick. Today's guest will be Bob Benson. We're midway through the summer. PLL just coming off their all-star game. The action swings to Fairfield, Connecticut this weekend. Games on ESPN2 on Saturday. Kark, Jake Walsh, Ryan Boyle will be on the set. I'm off until mid-August. This is my summer break right now. My next job is Salt Lake City, so I got a little summertime. I'm making this call today, Coach Benson, from Woodstock, New York, where I've uh, worked out this morning and already chopped chopped down a, a small tree. There you go. It looks gorgeous in your background. And, uh, you know, I'm just super excited to be on here with you. And, uh, you know, we're in Friartown, one of the few days we've been off the recruiting trail. And uh, Coach Broderson and myself are here. Coach Kennedy's outfit at camp. But uh, we're excited to be here and get to work. Uh, back, back us up a bit. So you come off a championship. I know the interview process may have started prior to championship weekend. What was uh, most attractive about the Providence job? Providence College is a spot that's been really close to my family for a while with uh, my wife being an alum and uh, the vice secretary of the board of the business school. Uh, It's a spot that, you know, we've kind of been around and, uh, you know, we've always been very fond of, Uh, you know, a couple of things that really attract me to it. Uh, One is the size of the school, the location of the school, the commitment the school has to uh, athletics. Um, Those things are really important to me. Another thing is I've really never spoken to a Providence College grad that didn't love their experience. Uh, All my wife's friends, everyone I know, you know, just speak so highly of the school and the experience they have here. And, you know, those two things kind of combined, you know, I thought it'd be a great spot to uh, hopefully kind of build a competitive lacrosse program in the Big East and nationally. You know, I've never covered a Providence lacrosse game, but I've covered some Providence hockey games and I have enormous respect for their hockey coach and that program. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that scary mascot. That 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 friar that friar is da- downright frightening. Uh, Co- Coach Lehman does a great job, and I think that is an awesome mascot. Um, I love those kind of throwback mascots, and uh, it's probably the best mascot in college hockey. What What do you view as uh, strengths? Of, uh, you know, as as you take this thing over, obviously, anytime you, you get a new job, you're not taking over a program that's gone through. Uh, typically not a a strong run of success, but what do you view as, as strengths lacrosse specific? I think we're blessed to take over a program that coach Gabrielli kind of, you know, had built a really positive culture, uh, you know, from their success in the uh, classroom to their, you know, behavior off the field to their work ethic in the weight room, talking to the strength coach, uh, the competitiveness of the guys. I think coach Gabrielli has really done a good job of building a positive culture. And, you know, I think you can see even with the coaching change, Providence College didn't really have guys entering the portal. Uh, They're loving their experience here. They're loving their experience at the school. They're loving their experience on the lacrosse team. And I think that that culture and that love for uh, Providence College and Providence College lacrosse is something that we're going to be able to build off of. When you target recruits, uh, what are are some generic uh, bullet points that you're looking for? I mean, you, you'll make your make your hay in New England, perhaps, or, or do, you, do you go down to the island a bit or, you know, what, what are some of your thoughts in terms of attracting great talent? You know, Providence College is always strong in the island, New England, northern Jersey, uh, but we don't really care where guys come from. We want the best players and people that want to be in Friartown and people that want to roll up their sleeves and get to work and work hard and have a lot of fun doing it. As I tell everyone, you know, we got a lot of work in front of us. Um, you know, we want to be able to compete with the best in the country and the best in the Big East, and it's going to be really hard. So uh, if we're going to work that hard and do all that, we better have fun doing it. So we're going to have a lot of fun while we uh, 
get to work. And, and that's kind of what we're looking for guys that want to do that. Um, you know, I, I think it's an attractive place. You know, I've talked about the great culture that exists here as a school, um, you know, and the lacrosse program. The athletics are super successful. The soccer current head coach uh, was in the final four a few years ago. Coach Lehman, obviously with hockey, was a national champion a few years ago. Basketball just had a great run last year uh, in the uh, Sweet 16. So, you know, there's a lot of success here athletically, and we're trying to build off of that and hopefully make a little run for the lacrosse program. Yeah, I, if I were you, I'd be spending as much time as possible with Coach Lehman, uh, leaning on on some of his expertise. What what uh, you, you hired a staff? Uh, take me through that dynamic and what that's like for a new head coach to come into a new school and and try to put together uh, his team. Yeah, that was an exciting part. You know, you're going through the interview process, and I can't say that Coach Broderson was one of the guys I had targeted. He had been at Bryant for 12 years and doing an awesome job uh, for Coach Pressler. And I think right after I took the job, Coach Pressler announced he was going to leave, and I called Coach Broderson as fast as I could to uh, see if he'd be interested in staying in Providence and just kind of moving schools. And I'm thankful that he was because he is an awesome recruiter, an awesome coach defensively, an awesome coach with the faceoffs, and you know, even a better person. So having him on board has been a true blessing for me as I get my feet wet. He's been tremendous. Um, shortly after that, you know, we were able to hire Carol Kennedy, who was with us at the University of Maryland uh, as our volunteer, uh, spent most of his time in Division Two. Uh, was at Limestone when they went on their uh, big run. He's got some head coaching experience as well. I think he's been coaching 10 years in college lacrosse and he's won four national championships. Uh, so he's a proven winner and one of the smartest guys that I know when it comes to not only lacrosse, but just people, situations, uh, and how to kind of conduct the program. Uh, he's got that head coaching experience and he's really bright. So I'm really excited about our staff. I think they're probably far more accomplished and far smarter than I am. So that's usually a good thing. How do you go about building relationships and making connections with current players, incoming recruits, uh, and their families? Yeah, it's been a very, uh, you know, long, long and fast four weeks at the same time. Um, you know, a lot of time on the phone, a lot of time on Zooms, a lot of time trying to just kind of build those relationships and get to know people. We did a quick Zoom with the team, kind of gave me a chance to say hello, but I don't like talking to people on mute and, you know, 50 uh, heads. So we got on the phones. We tried to call each one individually, get a chance to get to know them, get to know why they picked Providence, what they love about Providence, what they would like to change about Providence or the lacrosse team, um, and, and try to be as transformational as we can in, in terms of leadership that way and getting a sense for where the culture is now. And uh, we're blessed to have guys that, you know, really are part of a great culture here and that want to be great and want to work hard and do well in the classroom and are great people. So we're, we're blessed for that. But it's been a lot of time on the phone, text, Zooms, FaceTimes, whatever we can do to try to get to know those people and build those relationships uh, as we got into the recruiting as well. And, you know, there's been a good bit of that and, you know, just kind of still getting on some Zooms with some of the recruits. Uh, you know, trying to build those relationships too and get to know them as well. You've had enormous, enormous success as a offensive coordinator, uh, especially in the last two, two or three years at, at the University of Maryland. And you've been uh, surrounded by really strong mentors uh, in your coaching career. Uh, when you turn to them uh, in advance of, of this opportunity, what, what are some things you take away or what are some things you ask, you know, a, a guy like Coach Dave Petromala or John Tillman or Don Zimmerman? Yeah, I've been really blessed. I've you know, got to work with all probably Hall of Fame coaches or future Hall of Fame coaches. And, and I think you take something from 
everyone that you uh, work with. And, you know, Coach Zim, you played for him. You know the, the fundamentals, the conditioning, uh, some set pieces, uh, really, you know, the, the way to play the game, simple, smart. I, I think that's kind of what he did really well. And I was so appreciative of my time with him uh, for that. Uh, my time at Loyola was awesome, especially preparing myself for a place like Providence College. Uh, similar type schools in a lot of ways. And Coach Toomey really coached with that passion and love for Loyola, the, the small school environment, uh, the, the great camaraderie can kind of form around the lacrosse team at, at a place like Loyola or like Providence or like those Big East schools. Um, Coach Petromalo was obviously a fiery defensive mind, uh, one of the best to do it, recruited hard. Uh, you know, I could go on and on about the things I took from him over 14 years for sure, uh, because he's one of the best to do it. And then Coach Tillman uh, was a great experience the last two years. Uh, very intellectual, innovative, um, transformational type coach. And, you know, I was really blessed to get to kind of learn those things from him. So hopefully I I can put them all together and uh, be, you know, pretty good here in Friartown. And we're really excited about it. You know, you, you see it in college football. Guys go down to Alabama and work for Nick Saban for a year or two, uh, whether they were prior assistants or prior head coaches. And it's almost like a finishing school. And to a man, they've all come out of that better. And, and I almost feel that there's a parallel to your experience under Coach Tillman for the last two years. Yeah, I was really blessed to, you know, be with Coach Tillman. That's for sure. Uh, you know, if you look at Coach Warren, Coach Connery, Coach Rapper, Coach Moran, I mean, he's put out some really great assistants that have gone on to become head coaches. Uh, so, you know, ho hopefully I can fo follow that path. And, you know, I was just blessed for my time with him for sure. Tell me about the Big East uh, and, and what, your, what your, uh, your thoughts about the league are right now. I'm really excited about the Big East. I love the schools in the Big East. I love the competitive competitiveness of the Big East. Marquette's got it rolling. St. John's just got a new coach. Villanova's always got good players. They do an awesome job. Obviously, Bill Tierney, one of the best coaches uh, in the country for sure at Denver, um, you know, won many of national championships. And Coach Warren has Georgetown rolling right now as well. So it's a competitive conference. It's an exciting conference. Uh, it's one of the things that I think attracted me to the school. And it's one of the things that I think will attract recruits to the school is the opportunity to play Big East lacrosse. And, uh, you know, I'm just super pumped to get going in that conference. In terms of schedule, uh, how much control do you have non-conference over the, the immediate year, or are you trying to book games for two and three years down the road? We got some control over the immediate year. I think uh, there'll be a couple little tweaks to the schedule. I don't know if there'll be anything big um, down the road. I definitely would like to, you know, kind of keep evolving as we evolve. Hopefully uh, we'll see where the schedule takes us, but we've got some great teams up here in New England uh, that we could have some opportunities to play. We'd love to at some point get some ACCs or Big Tens on the schedule just to kind of change it up there. Uh, we've got a really competitive schedule already with some of the top teams, uh, you know, from the area and even nationally, uh, which is really exciting for us. And we've got a great schedule here in uh, Rhode Island too. So we get to play Brown and we get to play Bryant uh, in, in a little three-way that's uh, really competitive too for a Rhode Island championship. What will your a point of emphasis be in, in, in the fall, Coach? Is it, is it more – obviously, there has to be relationship building and, and connections. You've got to install the way you want to play, your systems. Uh, there, there's a lot going on with the new staff anytime you take over a program. How, how do you prioritize the way you'll attack this fall? Yeah, we're going to definitely get going with our systems. Um, you know, we'll probably spend a couple of weeks, and we haven't ironed it out yet. That's kind of an August thing. We've been uh, – hitting the road kind of recruiting during June and July. But we've talked about spending a couple of weeks trying to, you know, dial in fundamentals, what's expected in terms of stick work, shooting, dodging, pick game, 
those types of things to start, then progressing into the fall uh, and getting to our offensive and defensive systems. And, you know, we will probably play offense a little bit different than, than a lot of places, a little bit more maybe free-flowing, uh, a little more basketball-esque. Uh, some of the stuff that we've done in the past, whether it was at Hopkins or at Maryland, some of those concepts for sure. Uh, and, you know, Coach Broderson obviously will, uh, you know, be able to kind of get the defense going and, you know, some of the stuff that he's done as well. So it'll be a little change there in terms of the guys and just expectations and the way that we want to play. Uh, but we'll talk about that as we get going. Um, but we'll start out with the fundamentals and start small and then kind of build up to big. And hopefully by the end of the fall, the guys have a really good idea for what's expected of us, what's expected of them during November and December. So they're ready to go in January. Tell me about your facilities, because I've been uh, when I've covered Providence hockey, the games have been at the dunk or, or in, in the frozen four. I've been to Providence most recently uh, covering the, the Brown and, and, and the Ivies, but I've, I've heard amazing things about your facilities. Uh, what, 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 what's the deal? Our facility is awesome. And, you know, I think anybody that comes here will see that it's one of the nicer facilities in college lacrosse. Um, we're in the Schneider arena. So it's us and hockey are the two, uh, two sports that are in this facility. So that's really cool. We walk right out onto our field. Uh, our field, Chappie Field, Anderson Stadium, is an awesome venue to play lacrosse. Um, bleachers on both sides, a couple thousand seats. Uh, it's men's and women's soccer and men's lacrosse. And they're the three sports that are on it. Um, we've got a nice little suite complex here. We've got, you know, a bunch of offices, conference room, film room, players lounge, locker room, showers, equipment stuff, all in like a little uh, lacrosse suite that uh, sits in Schneider Arena. And I can't imagine anyone that's got a more comfortable, convenient setup. Our weight room sits right below us. Uh, the training room is right below us. So that stuff's awesome. Um, the rest of the athletic center, the athletic sports kind of are around the corner um, over where the basketball arena is. And, you know, up there is uh, all the uh, offices, the administrative offices, those things. The one thing that's really cool over there is the uh, Innovation Lab and Recovery Center, where they've got uh, cryo machines, sleep pods, anything you need recovery, salt, uh, salt baths. So our guys have access to that. They just sign up. They can go over there. Um, so having that is really cool. But then our little facility here in our suite is, uh, is awesome. You guys need to put up an Airbnb. It sounds like a great spot for me during the weekend. You're invited anytime you want to come. I might be sleeping here soon, so I'm still trying to make the move up from Atlanta. And, uh, you know, I've tried every hotel in Providence already, so I might uh, I might just be sleeping on the couches in here. It's nice. Yeah, you know, people forget you're like a human, too. You have a family, you have a wife, you got kids, you got to relocate and find schools for. Uh, there, there's that dynamic also. Is that is that uh, difficult in this day and age, or do you get support? Oh, that's probably the most difficult thing. The lacrosse stuff is the stuff that comes easy to me, uh, you know, and to us, it's what we do for a living, um, you know, and so we feel comfortable doing the lacrosse stuff. Uh, the the personal stuff and moving the family up is a little bit harder. So we did sell our house. We're under contract in our house in Atlanta. So we'll be uh, forced out of there at some point. We still need to get a house up here. So we're going to, you know, dive into that sometime soon. Uh, my boys are nine and seven. They are going to start school in Atlanta. We'll move them up at some point mid-year, but that's been, uh, it's been a grind for sure. Uh, between living in Atlanta, working in Maryland, going back and forth for the past 16 months to now the move, I think I can speak for our entire family. We're really excited to get the Friar Town, get the whole family back together. My kids can't wait to get up here and get to the soccer, basketball, hockey games. Um, you know, we're just really excited to join Friar Town and get the family back together up here. 
Well, congratulations. Uh, and I got to give you a congratulations uh, belated for, for the championship this year and the undefeated season. I want to go back and ask you about the Maryland experience this year in particular. Uh, what, what maybe is being overlooked? What, what uh, perhaps has, has the media and, and general across population not understood about uh, the 18 and 0 season and the national championship this year? Oh, I, I, I don't follow a lot of media, so I don't know what they've been saying. I try to uh, limit myself as much as I can. So as much as I love you guys, it's good for my mental health to not follow you too much. Um, but I was so blessed to get to coach those guys. They were awesome. The leadership, the players that we had, the camaraderie on the team, their professionalism was probably the thing that stuck out with me the most. Um, you know, how, how well they moved the ball, how well they shared the ball, how hard they worked on their own when it came to like, you know, shooting, dodging, stick work, those types of things. It, it was not something that happened overnight. It was not something that happened when I was there. It was not something that happened that year. Um, you know, each one of those guys was a true professional that really worked hard that, you know, from Bubba Fairman switched from offense to defense to the acceptance of Keegan Khan and John Donville to Owen Murphy coming through the box and then switching off with Eric Maliver. The unselfishness, uh, the team first attitude and the professionalism that the guys showed was so impressive. Yeah, in this year of social media and uh, seems like athletes are a little more up and down, potentially, you, you guys showed a, a level of consistency that that was really outside the norm, uh, a, a uncommon maturity that there was uh, bad efforts were, were not really uh, there was just maybe an occasional subpar effort, but not even I mean, you guys played at a level. Uh, what do you attribute that to? I like to say I attribute to good coaching, but that's probably not the case. Well, um, that, I mean, that I, is, that, that is one of the players. elements. That, they, that they, is they, one they, of the elements. Uh, the, guys they, were, the guys were generally mentally and physically ready to play and strategically ready to play every single game this year. Yeah, I think they did a good job preparing. I, I really do. Um, you know, we got along really well, so I think that helped. Um, I, I also think that you look around and – you know, every time one person had a bad game, somebody else had a good game and they were able to pick each other up. And, you know, I look at like DeMeo and, you know, he might not have played his best in the beginning of the year, but at the end of the year, he was on fire. Right. And, you know, you have everyone kind of has like, you know, an up and down games, you know, Kyle Long had a couple of big games. Donville was able to kind of carry us for a couple, you know, Logan did a great job for most of the year kind of being consistent, um, you know, but like, in the middle of the year, Keegan Khan was, oh my, he was as so good as any of them come. Um, and, you know, each person was able to pick up. If somebody else kind of fell off for a game or two, somebody else was able to pick them up. And I think that goes with the unselfishness, uh, you know, the kind of team first camaraderie. Uh, but those guys did a really good job of picking each other up. And it seemed like whenever, you know, one person might slip up, somebody else was right there for them. And it kind of kept the train rolling. And I was just blessed to get to be part of them. Yeah, for, for my eyes, it was somewhere in February, the passing and shooting just jumped out at me. It was something I had never seen at that point in the season, uh, the, the off-ball movement. And, and so there's a lot of young coaches, old coaches, D2, D3, high school, D1, who, who, who now look up to you in terms of the way that offense ran. What, what, what are some non-negotiables? What are some basics if people are going to try to emulate or duplicate what Maryland uh, put on the field in, in uh, 2022? You know, the, the, the attitude of the players, I, I don't know how you create that or get that. I think I got lucky there um, to get to coach them, but they did awesome. You know, we had, we had some things that we talked about, 
to maybe help facilitate that. We were very proud of our assisted goals. I think we had the most assisted goals uh, in the country or in the country ever, in a season ever, which is uh, something that I think is really cool. Uh, we really, and coach, this was a coach Tillman stress was not to take bad shots. And we want to make sure that we're getting good shots and we're getting dunks because we can always get a better shot. We're, unless we're at the end of the shot clock. If it's not a really, really good shot, we want to keep the ball moving and we want to get the next one. We did some drills from time to time, get the ball in and out of your stick in four seconds, make sure we reverse fields a couple of times, those types of things. Uh, you know, some little tidbits that you might be able to throw in here or there that might help. Uh, the more you move the ball, the more you move the defense. And, uh, you know, I listened to a basketball podcast once and I can't remember his name, but the guy that coaches basketball at Bellarmine, move the ball, move the defense. And, and that was kind of a big thing that we stuck with. Um, get it from one side to the other, get it from up top to behind. You know, if we haven't moved the ball, if we haven't rotated the ball, is it the best shot we can get? Um, you know, and a lot of that just kind of talking and massaging it through, but realistically the guys did awesome. Uh, we were blessed that maybe we had a lot of good off ball players. Uh, when you look at Logan, when you, uh, Donville, some of those guys, yeah. I think that helps, right? Um, when Logan's moving that well off the ball, it kind of sets a uh, precedent for the rest of the guys as well. So I was fortunate to walk into it. We try to, you know, help, help them out the best we can, but I was just blessed to be there. Yeah, Logan's continued to uh, showcase his variety of skills, man. He, he is something else uh, in terms of the depth of, of ways he can contribute on an offensive possession. The, the off ball movement stood out to me visually. Uh, you know, it was, it was just like a blender. It was, it was just beautiful to watch and constant guys were never standing still. When, when you counsel young offensive coordinators, uh, do you, what do you recommend in terms of installation, Bobby? Are you going to take your personnel at Providence and say, we need to play offense this way because this is what we've got. Or, or are you going to start with, with your motion? Like, what do you recommend for when a team decides how to play offense? Do, do, is it personnel based? Or is it we're going to play this way and then you plug people into different spots? Well, I think if you play free flowing and you allow players to make plays with and without the ball, it allows it to morph into whatever you want. And to use Maryland as an example, we could take the offense and we could turn it into a high wing dodge with Kyle Long. We could take the offense and we could turn it into a two man game with DeMeo and Logan on the wing. We could take the offense and we could turn it into like, Kyle going behind or Donville rolling off and picking for Keegan Khan in a big little or an invert type situation. And we weren't changing our offense. It was the same offense with the same call. So there's a lot that we could do and we could, you know, talk about it, mold it, say, Hey, this game, we might want to pick with this guy. We might want to invert here. We can try to run at this guy. If they pull here, we can do this. If they match up this way, we might be able to do that. We might be able to attack this third defender because he's a little bit slower in space. If he ends up in with on Maliver, things like that. Um, you know, we can look to pick with a short stick for Maliver. If he's got this guy on him, uh, there's a lot that we could do without changing the offense to allow the guys to play freely. And I think sometimes if you get stuck in, you know, here's where you run, you lose your off ball movement because the guys don't have the ability to make those plays off the ball. They don't have the freedom because it's you cut in, you fade out, you mumbo here, and you don't necessarily have the same ability to make the reads. And I often believe the guys are going to make a lot better decisions than I do as long as we're coaching on Monday through Friday and come Saturday, let them go play. 
Uh, and then the second part of that is then you've got to coach the stick work, the shooting and the decisions. Uh, and those are the things that it really comes down to. And if you can be great decision makers and you can have great stick work, uh, the guys are going to eventually kind of find their way into how they're going to create a goal and score a goal. And sometimes they show you more things than you show them. Um, I look at the game winning give and go against Notre Dame uh, a couple of years ago. Right. I, I mean, I don't know when they started doing that. Those guys have been doing that forever. It's nothing that I told them to do. I didn't even tell them to do it in that situation. They just went out, saw an opportunity, did a little give and go. And, you know, we, we won in overtime. And, you know, a lot of times when they make plays, they're going to be better off than kind of us trying to micromanage it. And, and that's where Monday and Friday, Monday through Friday, just making sure that everyone's on the same page, you know, buys into the little details of the decision-making and the fundamentals, and then they can kind of go play, play freely on Saturday. That's the secret sauce. That was a great answer. I want to spin things forward and talk about the sixes. Uh, you were part of uh, Team USA. You were an assistant coach for Andy Shea down in Birmingham, Alabama for the World Games. Uh, first of all, your impressions. Uh, are, is the sixes a, a viable format? It, it appears as if this is the way we are headed towards the Olympics. What were your opinions of uh, the just the the, the style, of, not style of play, but the game as, as a sixes concept? I love the sixes game. I think it's awesome. I think it's exciting. I think if you ask the guys that play it, they really like it. Um, I, I think it's a really cool sport. Um, I, I'm not one to argue traditionalist, not traditionalist. It's a Native American game that we changed into a 10 on 10 format that now has this little five on five format and how that comes together, uh, you know, is for smarter minds than myself. But I really like it. I think it's exciting. I think it's what you and I played with our friends in the backyard growing up. That's I, a, I, I said the Canadians are playing the best version of backyard lacrosse I've ever seen. I think it's really, really cool that way. I would argue that we should have all of our youth playing sixes. And I think that our young players would be so much better. I watch my kids play now and they play two midfield, two attack, two defense, right? They're eight and seven years old. And even then they touch the ball so few times during the course of a game. And even if they were playing four and four instead of five on five or whatever it is, the amount of touches, decisions, I just talked about decision-making in the offensive game. Every time you touch the ball, there's a decision. And I think that's probably where the Canadians were really good. I mean, they made the right decision so many times. And if there's 10 seconds on the shot clock, you can't take a bad shot because you can still make four or five passes, two more dodges, three more cuts. You have to shoot 60, 70%. And that is the best game of decision-making that exists and the best game of stick work that exists because you can't throw it away even in box if you take a bad shot you make a bad decision it could hit a board you could get it back you cannot have bad stick work and you cannot have bad decision making in that game and for that i think it's great for development we played it last year at maryland in the uh winter time we're going to hopefully play it this year at providence i just think it's an awesome game to play yeah, the canadians were unbelievable in that second quarter especially they, they end up going to halftime shooting 14 to 20 it was, if you're a fan and you can find the video, you, you, you need to watch it. It, it was unbelievable. I, I was blown away. It was I'm one of the- to not watch it. Can I not watch it anymore? I saw it, was, it once. <laughs> okay. I, you know, it was one of the most impressive displays of any kind of lacrosse that I have ever seen. That's, I was just like, wow, these guys don't miss. Their pick and roll game was on target. We forget the guys like Jeff Teed actually play a lot of defense growing up, as you said. Double the touches when you play five on five, double the reps with the ball on your stick, double the reps on defense. So I'm a big fan also in terms of roster thoughts coming off that event. What, what type of structure is it all offense? Do you need a stopper? Like what type of goalie? Obviously there's a lot of stress on these goalies. Uh, any general 
you know, learning curve type things that you picked up as a coach or maybe a future selector of Team USA in terms of sixes? Yeah, you know, I think the game's changing as we go the whole time. I think Canada did a really good job of figuring out who they are. I think there's things we probably could have done better. Um, as you pick the team, I think guys that make great decisions, high volume shooters are not good in this game. Uh, high risk players in terms of like guys that want the assist off the pass, not necessarily the guys that you want in this game. Um, you're going to, everyone has a short stick. You're going to eventually get your opportunity. And if there's three seconds left on a shot clock, somebody's probably going to be able to get to the goal and make a play anyway. So early on, you want the guys that are really good decision makers, really good shooters. Canada, I think for the game, put 30 of 33 shots on goal. Uh, that's un unbelievable. Um, so, you know, I think those things, decision-making, shooting, off-ball play, uh, from an offensive standpoint are important, but you do have to be able to survive and play at the defensive end as well. Um, you've got to be able to at least stay with somebody, cross-check them, understand some concepts. Uh, the game was more physical than I thought it'd be. Uh, you know, so you do have to be able to play there. So guys that, you know, and I think you look at, you know, Josh Burner, Curry, or some of those guys that Canada had. I mean, that, they're the perfect guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think in the American form, I think we can probably go behind the goal a little bit more. I think we can probably run a little bit more at them, move the ball through X, at least move off the ball when it goes behind and make them turn their heads. Uh, could be some things that are advantageous down the road, but they did a really good job. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, those guys kind of, you know, those types of players are ones you want. And, you know, I thought guys like, uh, you know, Connor Curse, Colin Heacock did awesome for us. So I think they were great guys. Yeah, I, I've been blown away by the PLL product on the field this summer especially when I'm downfield level, these guys are big, fast, strong, but watching the, the sixes final from, from Birmingham, uh, I couldn't be more impressed with team Canada. I want to get your thoughts on two more issues, uh, starting with the transfer portal uh, in, in terms of, obviously it worked uh, with tremendous success at Maryland. What will Providence's uh, take or, or strategy be in terms of transfer portal? I mean, we're going to find the best players that we can, the best people we can, the best students we can, and those that want to be in Friartown, no matter uh, where they are. And, you know, we've definitely talked to some people in the transfer portal. Hopefully a couple of them work out. Um, you know, we're, we're going to kind of just, you know, go, go wherever we can, if it's the portal, if it's high school, if it's whatever it is, you know, how we can find the best people that want to be here, uh, you know, and want to kind of join this thing with us. We're, uh, we're going to find them. And, you know, I'm sure that we'll be active in the portal. I'm sure we'll take a couple guys, you know, we'll do our best too. Uh, so, you know, it's an exciting time for us, for sure. Uh, we want to, you know, put the best team we can on the field, but we also want to have, you know, the people in our locker room, guys that we want to be with, guys that we want to be around, guys that are really close to each other, and guys that represent Providence College well on and off the field. USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. Uh, th there's certainly more dominoes probably going to fall in terms of realignment. What, what's the trickle down for lacrosse? Uh, Obviously, in, in the Big East, I don't think you're dealing with it as, as strongly maybe as you would have in the Big Ten. But what should fans know about realignment and the impact it may have on D1 lacrosse? Uh, realignment is for smarter minds than me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to try to take it best I can and figure out where we are right now and how we get there. It's an exciting time for college athletics, for sure. Um, it's probably a stressful time for college athletics. You've got realignment. you got NIL. You have everything kind of coming together. 
Um, you know, how it shakes out in the long run is probably a little bit unknown. Does anybody add? Does anybody pick up the sport? I mean, those things will probably happen and develop over time. But, you know, we're just happy to be in the Big East. We seem pretty secure right now. Um, I haven't been told too many thoughts about that, but we're uh, we're really pumped about where we are. And we want to put the best team that, you know, we can together that's going to compete in the Big East and compete against the Big Ten and ACC and compete nationally, too. First time I saw you play, McDonough Eagles at the Lakers. You, you, had a, you had a darn good team, I think, with your senior year, right? You and Rob Share, uh, And uh, that MIDI, uh, you have a good MIDI who ended up going to Princeton, perhaps? Oh, uh, yeah. We had a, I mean, I used to get short stick in high school. I was so bad. Um, no, we had a really good group. Brad Dumont, Owen Daly were in the midfield. Daly. You know, yeah. both of them. Um, you know, we had uh, Matt Prim and Ryan Floyd were both attackmen. Again, I, I got the short stick. Those guys got the poles. Um, you know, Joe Rosenbaum as a long stick. Evan Weinberg went to UPenn. We were really blessed. I think Waleed Hodge was a first-team All-American, and Judd Prosner was a first-team All-American, and they came off the bench for us. Uh, so we were uh, really blessed to have a great group. I was fortunate. Yeah, you guys were stacked. That was like one of the first like, legit, really good McDonough teams, I think. Uh, really, they started this whole thing, right? Yeah, I think it was 1939 was their last championship before that 99 team that we won. So, uh, you know, I was really blessed there to get to kind of build something and hopefully doing the same thing here at Providence, kind of follow that, you know, footprint and hopefully build something here as well. Well, thank you. Congratulations on your championship. Congratulations on your new job. Good luck finding a home. Uh, I, I love Providence. I, I, I think you and your family will be super happy up there and, uh, and we'll be following you. Anytime I'm in town, I want to use that cryo facility. The great spot. You know, you're, you're welcome anytime you want, want to come up here. We got good food. We've got beaches. We've got, you know, great sports. Come on up to Friday Town whenever you want. You do have good food. Be careful with it, okay? I don't want you to no, use no, it. I need to get some bigger pants already. Yeah. Thanks, Bobby. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for your time. <laughs>